0: No matter how steep in the struggle you are, you are not alone and we are here for
1: you mm-hmm. today and uh, every tomorrow mm-hmm. since 1989 Ayo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello and welcome to You Matter Here, our Minnesota Transitions Charter School podcast where we elevate the voices of our people, dig deeper into our big ideas, and explore how we show up for ourselves and each other in order to make magic happen. I am your host, Wendy Lorenz-Walraven, the Director of Equity and Diversity here at MTCS. My hope is that as we spend time together, we will have an opportunity to explore three key questions. Who am I? Who are we? And who are we to each other? as it is the intersection of these questions that informs the assumptions we make, drives our behavior, and impacts our relationships with ourselves and with others. I'd like to introduce today's guest, Katie Locker, the Dean of Students, Administrative Assistant, and Lunch Lady at Pease Academy. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time and your willingness to share parts of yourself with us. I look forward to connecting with you and deepening our understanding of the heart of the PEAS community. So let's get curious. Katie, would you be willing to share a little bit about
1: yourself and how you joined the MTCS community? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a person in long-term recovery. And, um, you know, in being part of a recovery community, I met the director of PEAS probably 10 years ago now. and about six years ago he recruited me from the restaurant industry. I was the general manager of a restaurant in in my hometown and um, I had no plans of leaving that industry whatsoever and I've definitely never planned on working in education. My mom was an educator for 31 years and while she's amazing I just never saw that route for myself. Um, I also never imagined working with people in recovery there's a lot of powerlessness a lot of heartbreak you know and and somehow i ended up in both right. and <laughs> and and i i cannot see myself ever leaving there is um such a draw and a you know focus and a purpose you know at peas and so here i am
0: yeah i love that um one of the questions i was going to ask you a little bit later but might fit in better right here is what continues to bring you back to peace, especially um, knowing that that was never in your intention to find yourself in a place um, like that every yeah. day? So definitely
1: the kids. Um, and and it's hard because the beauty is that they graduate. That's the ideal. Um, but the kids, the relationships with my coworkers and the relationships we form with the kids each year, you know, it's just it's such a beautiful thing to to get to be you know, a consistent person in somebody's life, even if it's brief, mm-hmm. right? And and all the different relationships good and sometimes, you know, questionable in terms of attitude with teenagers. But it, it is beautiful to, to get to develop that with them and be someone positive, you know, or hopefully positive for them. And just the consistency that you get, I get to bring, you know, that I hope to bring, at least, you know, they know that I'm going to be behind my desk, that I'm going to put out breakfast, I'm going to feed them lunch, you know, that we have our banter, depending on who it is, and that, you know, I'm going to be there every single day, and that the hope is that they're there, too. Yeah, for sure.
0: What is it like for you to be able to bring parts of your own Personal story and to work with you every day, as you mentioned, being a, um, someone in long-term recovery, and and having that that perspective to be able to offer young people, um, I think is really unique um, and one of the the uh, the things that PEAS really brings to our community that's different.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely an honor to be able to share. Pieces of my experience. You know, I got into recovery at 19 and unfortunately I came in pregnant. And so some of my clear messages are about, you know, birth control and um, healthy relationships or what unhealthy relationships look like. And just getting to share that with both or with any gender identity. um, You know, I didn't have that openness within reason and I didn't have someone, you know, explaining to me that like what unhealthy relationships look like, you know, and and setting that example and empowering me to set boundaries and those types of things. And so it's nice to be in a small enough setting where that is applicable. And that is part of our daily conversations.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I can imagine for young people hearing and, and, and being with you every day to see again, just like, what you have done with, with yourself in your life and how you are able to give back to, to community, I would imagine instills a lot of hope for, for young people to know that they can make it to a different point in their life.
1: Yeah, I definitely hope so. And I'm also honored to get to connect with their parents. Um, While my kids aren't old enough to go through or to have struggled with addiction, I do get to share from my perspective as a kid who, you know, put their parents through the ringer. And I get to use my parents' examples and our you know, history to share with other parents. And it's really sweet. My mom will sometimes attend a gra- graduation at the end of the year. And certain parents, I've really used her and our examples and they get to meet her. And she's like a little celebrity uh. because um, I've gotten to use our our history, good and bad, to help empower both students and parents. Yeah. Th- their stuff.
0: That's really incredible. And again, I think too, you know, one of the things that I, I talked a little bit about um, with Rufus when, when he was in was, um, just really about the the fact that you're able to bring such honesty into these spaces and sort of like open up the curtain behind um, especially when when you're looking at use and you're looking at addiction that again, that there's so much storytelling or evading or lying or abandoning yourself or abandoning other people in that, the being able to come to a place every single day that just sort of centers that truth and the real experience and, what rupture and repair looks like, I think. Again, um, many of us have have limited experiences with being able to work through struggle with someone and come mm-hmm. out on the other side, and really experience what unconditional levels of support look like. Which I think is really what you do provide for young people at peace.
1: Absolutely, like and, and Rufus is amazing at it. Of all people, you know. Goodness forbid, my kids end up. You know, struggling with addictions, but I would absolutely trust someone like Rufus to process with our whole family through that, through that whole endeavor. Um, but yeah, like the the processing um, from start to finish, you know, and, and having that door open on a daily basis and and also teaching them, you know, that there is a maybe not a conclusion to the issue, but a conclusion to move past, you know, the emotions for right now and then function, you mm-hmm. know, through the rest of the day is something that our kids you know, of course, struggle with anybody struggles with, but giving Absolutely. them an opportunity to like, all right, we're going to start here. Here's some issues. Let's talk about it. You know, Rufus calls it like chapter A, chapter B, chapter C for today. And then, mm-hmm. and then we'll start again tomorrow, but getting to have that space and that time to process things and then, you know, empowering them to, you know, okay, big stuff came out and now we're going to go, you know, do math class. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, but the, But there's a door open for another time. And 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 they and they believe, you know, that they do will have more space and more time to, to process further and, and trust us to do that.
0: Yeah. Trust you to make the space for what is important in the moment and also always hold space that like math and science are always going to be there. And that's the goal to get back to that. But um, I think you create more space again for that processing um, than they would really have anywhere else, you know, mm-hmm. in a place that really does honor both like. The, the human part of who we are and the emotional experiences that we go through and the academics that we're hoping that everyone succeeds in right yeah that's the hope yeah totally um you talk a little bit about you know sort of trusting rufus and and i think that is again one of the things that is really unique about the peas community is the trust and the relationships that you as staff have with one another um so would you be willing to talk a little bit about sort of how you collaborate as a team to support and respond to the needs of your community. Because again, I think how you function each as individuals within your team is beautiful, but how you all function together as a community is really what I think makes a lot of magic happen.
1: Thanks. And I agree. I I think that You know, building the trust over the years, of course, I've known Michael and Rufus from outside of work for a little bit longer, um, but not as personally now as I do having worked with them for so long, especially Michael. I literally work side by side with him every single day for Mm -hmm. the last, you know, going into our sixth year. And I wouldn't have it any other way, but acknowledging who we are as individuals, you know, anywhere from, you know, gender identity, skin color, um, recovery time, recovery practices, um, per- parental you know personal parental practices and struggles that we have trusted each other enough to share over the years and also acknowledging like their specialties you know Michael has been around for a really long time <laughs> and, um, and well, both uh, in recovery <laughs> yeah. both in recovery and in the peas community especially um, he's seen you know, all the ebbs and flows of the student body, you know, and they do come in cycles, you know, over the years. And then there's Rufus, who has a chemical dependency degree and the experience he has with working with different populations, even before he came to Pease. And even now that he is at Pease, his second job is with um, women in a treatment program. And so it's just like the the approaches that he has and the observations I've made over the years for both of them and and others too, but I work mostly with them in support roles downstairs. Getting to observe and mimic, you know, and, and learn and absorb their approaches and also in that observation, learning to trust their approaches has really allowed us to work as a team and also gives us the opportunity like, hey, this is the issue that's come up that's work. let's brainstorm it as a team who's going to do what all right that makes sense and then we go from there and either it's approach it cohesively in a in a you know unit or it's like all right you're doing that part i'm doing the you know communication part and michael's doing the charting you know he's <laughs> that just that's just the reporting part Um, And even beyond just the downstairs support floor, we have amazing people upstairs. You know, Steve Clark, who has been with the district for, you know, I think 14 years. He was a teacher when I was part of Minnesota Virtual High School. And just like his softness, his sweetness, his, you know, like effective approaches to both the paperwork side of things, also student interaction. And then we have, you know, a very special person, um, Sarah Roberts, who comes from a recovery high school herself. But having her perspective as someone who grew up and and has been in recovery since such a young age, you know, mm-hmm. you know I come in at 19, but there's still she comes in at 14 or 15 and that, you know, speaks a lot. And so to have her not only as a part of our team for her own experiences, but also to have her, you know, belief in us enough to be a part of our team and stay a part of our team. I'm like, okay, you know, We're doing something right. And beyond her experience, you know, being in a sober high school and being in recovery since 14, she's just an amazing teacher. And so I get to learn from how she connects with her students in an advisory role, you know, conducting a classroom, which I'm not a classroom teacher. But I still like I get to observe and absorb like how that works and and how effective it is for them and and the, you know, how much the students seek her out for those reasons. Absolutely. She really does craft and create her lessons
0: along with her kids right like they're absolutely maximizing student voice and student participation in the process of what is important to be learning and Mm -hmm. talking about which um again makes all the difference
1: and the consistency she creates like the kids know that they're going to come there. There's a do now question. They often, you know, share it out loud without even being asked. And then they ask each other, are we going to read together today? Are we going to read separate today? You know, and there's just a flow to mm-hmm. the classroom. And, and, and our kids come from a place where there isn't necessarily or hasn't been a lot of flow in their life. Right. You know, and that consistency and that structure. And for them to not only participate in it, but almost seem to enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know, just it gives me you know, hope that we are fulfilling you know their their needs as a whole person, not just you know a student, not just as a person, young person in recovery, mm-hmm. but as a whole person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, th- I th- again, I think that that, um, that approach and that space and and that structure, right? That structure and flow can be really liberating. <laughs> I think sometimes we think about it as being really restrictive and sometimes we need that anchor of, again, some kind of predictability that gives us access to the spontaneity within us um, that often I think it's kind of swallowed or hidden when we are overcome with fear and anxiety about what's coming and what's coming next because we don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, when you put that into the context of, of recovery, there's so many of those things swirling around all the time that being able to anchor yourself in um, a simple thing like the do now and, and knowing that there is an expectation to read either together, right? All of those things might seem really simple, but they are the things that really help, um, young people stay regulated and, and adults, right? Like the, <laughs> being That's able to, yes. to, to have a routine or have some kinds of things that are, um, that are to be expected helps us be more flexible in other ways. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the things that we were just chatting a little bit about is, is again, some of that identity work that comes with being a young person um, and and kind of what the expectations or the norms are for what that looks like for people. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like for you or for what um, young
1: people might be navigating? Right. Well, not only young people, but their entire family, like right. the, the grief and loss process of you know, switching schools is huge. I mean, my I played soccer for, you know, the soccer club since the age of four and my family spent numerous hours, you know, of their lives for a very long time, you know, over a decade on that soccer field with me and the 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 identity that I had along with that, you know, as a team member, you know, as a team leader as an athletic person and how, you know, first smoking cigarettes and then drug use took that away from me. And there's so much identity in the recovery community with that. I mean, we even have professional sport players that wind up at our doors um, or, or the doors of any recovery community. So the switch of not only the student, the grief and loss portion of losing that because of drug use and abuse Um, But the grief and loss that they experience, but also that their families go through, Mm -hmm. you know, and and as an adult, it's like, okay, yeah, you were part of a sports club. That's great. But as a student, as a young person, as an adolescent, like that, that was who I was. And losing that and my family losing that and then not only losing it, but then having to switch gears, switch schools, you know, lose that piece of of who we were and who we have been our whole lives, Mm -hmm. switching over to the next step. And what's that next step? Mm -hmm. You know, and swallowing that pill of what is that, you know, care and treatment after care and then potentially switching school environments. That's huge for families to undertake Um, and not just the student, but the whole entire family. Right.
0: Yeah, because there's a loss of identity for the parents as well. Right. And and, and a definite shift in the for how you talk about your kid and what they're doing and what they're up to. Right. And I imagine for anybody who is you know, anticipating spending time with family communities over the next couple of weeks that 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 causes some anxieties as well. Right. It's sort of like what do we say to people and Absolutely. do we are we open and honest about it? And what does that mean? Right. Like and I'm sure parents also wonder, like, what did I do? What can I what can I do? Um, so there's a it's a
1: big, complicated emotional experience. Absolutely. And how how as a parent do you cushion that experience for yourself, for your student, you know, in your own family, in your own community. You know, my, my poor mom had to fudge my graduation date. I was supposed to graduate, you know, from 2011 from the home district that I had attended my whole life. And that just wasn't going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and thankfully I did transfer to Minnesota virtual high school and graduated in 2014. And, and my mom did get honest about that eventually, but, um, you know, facing that, navigating that I know wasn't easy for her. My mom's a very honest person, Mm -hmm. but navigating not only, you know, my addiction and, and what that looked like at the time of my graduation, but then navigating how we present it afterwards. You know, even still, I I struggle with people ask me how old I am. Well, how, what year were you supposed to graduate? Well, 2011, but other (laughs) things happen. I mean, how that's framed, you know, anywhere from sharing your graduation date with family extended family, you know, the neighbor down the street who, you know, you thought your kids were going to graduate together, your graduation year changes, your school of choice changes, you know, your diploma (laughs) changes, Mm -hmm. lots of things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think too, like a graduation date can also be perceived as like a pretty typical question to ask people. Right. And, um, only recently, when I then disclose, I graduated in 1999, and the look of horror that I received by the, sh- the students that I'm disclosing that to, which indicates my age, um, I hadn't really thought about it, right? But mm-hmm. I, again, um, you know, something as uh, sort of concrete as a graduation
1: date can really disclose a lot of personal information. Absolutely. Whether we see it now that we're older or not, but there's such a focus on on different identity pieces like a graduation date or like a where'd you graduate from. And some of our families are ready and willing, you know, to say, well, this is where my student is at. This is where we've been at, um, you know, and, and this is where we are now. We're happily at Pease Academy and it's great. And then there's other families that are. You know, we're maybe a, more of a placeholder to get their kids stabilized and then they do end up graduating from their home district. And that's OK, too. We support that. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to provide a safe and sober education platform, you know, get your senior to their home. Hopefully as close to their graduation date as we can and then transition with your family in whatever way is 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 most comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, and and we have had kids go back and, and walk the stage with their with their homeschools and we fully support that we're just grateful that we were able to be a part of what got them there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you definitely do provide, I think, a lot of opportunities for support post-graduation for, for young people, right? The Rufus talked a little bit about the Parents of Peace community and um, mm-hmm. that you do have people that sort of come back year and, uh, after year to provide support to community, right? I think that that's something, again, that's unique within the recovery community of, of really utilizing supports and then being an active person who puts energy back into into that system to be able to um, continue that cycle of support for people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's, I mean, our focus is creating a a community, an education community focused on recovery and abstinence for our students. And we fully acknowledge that there is, you know, a need for parental connection. And so thankfully Rufus and Michael, you know, have provided the opportunity with Parents of Peace for, you know, not only current parents or prospective parents, but former parents to come and continue to get that guidance and that connection because it is a family disease. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a family recovery period and that can be long, you know, years, even with positive, consistent recovery progress, Mm -hmm. it can still be years that the family needs to recover. And so whatever we can do, you know, whether it be, you know, family sessions with Rufus um, or especially parents of peace sessions also with Rufus to, to support that for them, we're here for
0: it yeah absolutely and again I think I would imagine um and hopefully maybe we'll have an opportunity to talk to some parents at some point too of of what that support has really meant to them and um sort of what tools and things that they've really gained out of there to to provide better um support and connection for for their kids when through through the span of time right you don't find yourself in recovery overnight and you don't um find
1: a new path for yourself overnight either so support for even for each other, just the the common knowledge that they're not alone, you know, like the, the in, what feels like some insanity that they're going through, you know, oh, that other kid is 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 going through it, too, or, or, or putting them through it, too. And, yeah. and just getting that common ground, you know, and then support as well. You know, yeah. there's just it can be lonely You Absolutely. know, for parents, even as a as a unit, if you have a two parent unit. So getting outside of just themselves and, uh, and getting some outside supports and some insight. You know, we we want to foster that whenever possible.
0: Yeah, that is a a beautiful message to send to our listeners. Um, So my final question for you is, what would you say to a parent or a young person who is struggling to decide if peace is the place for them?
1: Yeah, that's a hard question. Well, it's an easy question. It's a hard question because I want to make sure I get everything in there that I that I hope you know touches somebody to to come and to give us a chance but that's my main message is give it a chance um you know for the students I hope you give yourself a break long enough to you know not only involve yourself in the peace community but um or immerse yourself in the peace community but also give yourself just a break from the life that led you here for even the possibility of coming to peace um you know give it a chance we may be he's maybe a smaller community and there's benefits to that the parents you know i i always want to thank the parents that are have already trusted us with their kids and i want to encourage the other parents you know i hope you do give us a chance to give your student the opportunity to thrive to take a break you know from again whatever led them here in the first place or led the whole family here in the first place um you know a lot of us work here because we believe in the message and we've worked here for multiple years because we still believe in what we're doing and um, i just would hope that everyone gives themselves and gives us the opportunity to show the benefits of what a recovery community can do and, and and give us the chance to provide a so excuse me give us the chance to provide a sober education environment with the recovery supports you know for your kid and what that can do know beyond just getting them credit beyond just you know supporting their recovery but as a whole what that can do for their kid yeah absolutely what would your mom tell them what would your mom say (laughs) Um, well she would say that she wished she knew about this for me um back in the day Mm. um you know she would empower them to stick to their guns and Mm. and um give it a try you know and and She would just want them to feel empowered in, you know, sticking it out and trusting their gut, you know, and giving their kid the opportunity to flourish Mm -hmm. and see their kid probably in ways that they haven't seen their kid in a long time. Yeah. You know, a little bit happier, (laughs) hopefully, Mm -hmm. you know, a little more consistent, a little more open, um, a little bit more willing to connect not only with course, the, com- the peace community, but hopefully we connect with them, right. you know, as a family member.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that is, again, you know, a, an overwhelming message, right? That it, that this community is about finding our ways back to ourselves and to each other, right? That, that, that connection is, um, is the key, right? That <laughs> is it is, connection is the antidote for a lot of, a lot of things. Um, and so being able to really put, Um, priority and focus and intention on that, right? You do a lot of uh, circles throughout your day and throughout your week, really giving opportunities for every person in your community to share where they're at, to um, share what they're thinking about, struggling with what they're celebrating. Um, And again, I think all of those pieces really just um, help young people flourish and find them find access points to their future that um, they may not have seen before. Mm hmm. So did you have anything to add?
1: I don't think so. I did. It's gone. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no,
0: that's OK. Um, no, I just I again, I appreciate so much that you were willing to come over here, especially on a snowy day of um, and uh, yeah. And just share, you know, you are such a beautiful gift to our community um, every single day. And I I am um, I get the profound privilege of being able to see you all work and when i'm when i'm in your space and when i get to spend time with all of you um and it's a
1: really special time for me too so thank you again for all you do well thank you and thanks for making space for all this and you know and hopefully attracting more families and you know that's the hope is that people know we exist whether they Mm -hmm. come or not that they know so that when somebody does need us that they can find us absolutely because we're right here Mm -hmm. perfect
0: for all of you listening, I just I appreciate you tuning in and for your willingness to listen for understanding. That's what it's all about. So stay curious, ask more questions, and until next time, this is your host, Wendy Learns Weller.